I'd like to welcome you to my second episode of the podcast. I'm lying to say I know exactly what I'm doing, and since I'm a terrible liar, I'm not going to even try. But I will say that this is a fun, creative outlet for me, so I thank you for listening. As I mentioned last week, I haven't quite nailed down a theme, which is one of the reasons I reluctantly held back from recording this in the first place. That and um, I'm not an expert on anything. Although the older I get, the more I am realizing that there is an abundance of knowledge that I will never be able to digest, let alone understand. I believe that an expert, if they're being modest, would concede that even they don't have everything figured out. But I think that many people won't acknowledge their humanity, which at this point is inherently flawed and imperfect because they fear that a concession of not knowing everything will make them look weak or stupid or welcome ridicule. And I get it. I understand fear. It's another reason why I've held back from committing to this. To me, the idea of being vulnerable is terrifying. Most If not all of my life, there's been this soundtrack playing in my subconscious mind, constantly pushing me to be strong and suck it up. But I've learned recently that putting on a brave face doesn't stop rejections. It doesn't stop disappointments or failures or any other negative thing from hurting. My refusing to acknowledge pain does not make it go away. So instead of living a life paralyzed by fear, in this case, fear of not creating something exceptional or perfect. I'm pushing myself to be brave, which is why you're hearing these words today. So it's been three months since we've basically been confined to life here at home with the family. And before the hysteria of Corona really took a stronghold, we decided as a family to take safety precautions of our own. So We first started using a grocery delivery service, and then after we got them, we'd make sure we baptized everything in bleach. Sometimes we'd go for drives, and we'd still see large groups of people congregating. And where we live, even now, if you're wearing a mask in public, it's like you're in the minority. I'm sure my husband has lost count of the times I've asked him, what are these people thinking? And maybe they're wondering the same thing about me. Maybe they wonder what makes someone heed this advice to social distance, wear a mask in public, and sacrifice in-person time with extended family and friends. Well, today, I won't be giving any science lessons to explain my reasoning, Maybe if I tell you a little bit about me and my history, you'll understand why I do the things that I do. First of all, I will say that I am a recovering perfectionist. In the past, I would have described myself as someone who exhibited many OCD tendencies, and I have been able to minimize, not completely eradicate, but minimize or eliminate some of those thoughts, behaviors, and emotions that I once acted out compulsively. After three months of corona confinement, 
saying that my house is disorganized is a generous concession. And I blame my five-year-old. Yes, I do. (laughs) But regardless of current life challenges, I believe my obsession with having clean things around me will never go away. I met a mature woman outside the grocery store just a few weeks ago who I would guess probably feels the same way. She approached me as I was loading my trunk with groceries and she did not at all seem to be intimidated or scoff or laugh at my latex gloves or my Mortal Kombat style homemade mask. And she didn't seem bothered by my poorly attached bandana, which was only slightly covering a shower cap underneath. By the way, do you know how long it takes me to wash and style my hair? At least an hour. So when I know I'm going to a public enclosed place, I cover it up unless it's wash day. Did you see how Naomi Campbell flew through the airport wearing a hazmat suit? If I could get one of those, that's how I'd walk around in public too. So anyway, this friendly lady approaches my car and she just effortlessly eases into this comical spiel about how she's dismayed at the number of people not wearing masks or appropriately social distancing. I sat in my car and I listened after I carefully removed my protective gear, of course, gotta mention that. I was basically, let's just say this, I was the choir to her preaching. What occurred, I definitely would say was more like a sermon than a dialogue anyway, at least initially. Although I did interject a few thoughts of my own. Mainly, I just sat there laughing as I listened to all the things she had to say. And I marveled at how she just seemed really unencumbered by talking with a complete stranger. She told me that she'd used her daughter's car that day to pay for groceries, not wanting to contaminate her wallet, She now had the custom of shopping only with the bare necessities, keys, cards, and I imagine her ID. Except uh, on one of her shopping excursions, she'd misplaced her card. She probably left it in her pocket somewhere. And that admission had me nodding my head and laughing furiously because that's my problem too. Telling on myself here, but it's been about a month and I still haven't located my debit or credit cards. And I think, how is it that we're so obsessed with being clean, but we're careless enough to lose our credit cards? Speaking for myself, I can say that an obsession with all things clean is not synonymous with being organized. I'm sure I'll find them if I look hard enough, but I haven't been really diligent about searching I have washed my laundry, so if I had to guess, they'd probably fall under the car seat somewhere. Worst case scenario, I'll order new ones. Now, I've never really been one to chat with people when I'm running errands, and unbeknownst to me, I have suffered with years of terrible social anxiety. And it makes sense when I actually stop and acknowledge that I'm surrounded by a large group of people who disparaged me consciously or even subconsciously just because it came out a little darker than them. With the dread of corona, I've been even less inclined to talk with strangers. My shopping philosophy has been get what you need, get in, get out. 
I think it's funny that the person that I couldn't escape from actively engaging with me was a like-minded germaphobe. I've been accused of many things, falsely, but one label that I readily accept is germaphobe. I wash my hands when I first get home, before I eat, before I start cooking, especially if I'm handling raw meat. Same goes for when I go pee, and obviously the other one too. If I know I'll be prepping a meal for someone outside of my immediate family, I won't redip the spoon after I've tasted it for proper seasoning. I use toilet paper to lock or unlock public bathroom stalls because someone just urinated or took a dump, wiped themselves, and before they clean their hands, they touch the handle you're now touching right before you unbutton your pants and clean, wipe, and or touch your own privates which is gross to think about. I use paper towels to leave bathrooms that don't allow me to exit hands-free. Or worst case scenario, I'll use my sleep. When I go to the movies, I either wipe off the headrest or wear a hoodie because what if the person before me had lice? Are the seats really clean? And I know I've offended some friends by avoiding them when they were ill, but Unless I'm taking care of my family or an ill patient, I just don't want to be around someone who's sick. I've been told my obsession with cleanliness stretches back to my infancy. My mother says that before I could speak, I'd cry if my hands and feet were dirty. My earliest memories that emphasize the importance of being clean involve lessons on personal hygiene. And I was taught by my favorite instructor, my grandma Paulette. She turned everyday events into life lessons and teachable moments. I teach my daughter to leave bread scraps out for the birds because that's what my grandma taught me. Many of her words of wisdom and advice still bounce around in my head to this day. And I'm grateful. I think they've served me well. When I was five or six, she started with two fundamentals. One, never sit on a public toilet without first putting a covering down. Unless you want to get crabs in your cooch. Two, there comes a certain age where you can't go days and days without bathing. Even if you don't take a bath, you at least need to put some water in the bowl and wash up because men don't like women that smell like fish. At that age, the only crab I knew was Sebastian. She wasn't graphic in her explanation, but I quickly understood these were very different from my favorite singing crustacean. I've read articles that suggest that the odds of STD transmission via toilet seat are small, but I won't be taking any chances to find out. And while I obviously didn't have any romantic interests at the time, I recognized her advice to keep the cooch clean would somehow prove beneficial later on in life. The reason I'm so diligent about hand washing especially before food prep, is because I saw that behavior model constantly. And while my husband loves to eat raw cookie dough, I just can't. Not after I learned about salmonella. Flies in the house? That's a definite no. I remember my grandmother offering us kids money one time to kill a fly. I got that money, and I used it to buy candy at the corner store. But then, of course, I had to brush my teeth very well before going to sleep. And if my great-grandma Nat was around, I'd have to do it in the morning before I could eat. 
She didn't care that I complained that the toothpaste made my breakfast taste funny. That was my foundation. Then, in college, I took a microbiology class that forever changed me. The class was both thrilling and horrifying. I learned so many things. I even saw pictures of some of those crabs my grandma talked about. That semester, I learned that I'd been washing my hands wrong my entire life. Let me get this straight. When my dirty hands turn on the faucet, quickly caressed water and soap because I wasn't scrubbing for 20 seconds, and then retouched the faucet to turn it off, I was basically resoiling my hands. It was an obvious revelation that I and most people I knew definitely missed. Since then, I never touched the faucet with clean bare hands. I use a napkin instead. It sounds obvious now, but back in 2007 at age 20, for me it was a revelation. After that, I started thinking about what other surfaces might be contaminated. Things like tabletop restaurant condiments. I'd wonder... How many people slobbered all over their fingers before grabbing this ketchup bottle? And after I heard my husband's nephew lick the top of a salt shaker and presumably no one said a thing, I thought maybe it'd be best to switch to condiments that were individually wrapped. I also worried about door handles, menus, desks and work surfaces, hotel phones, and remotes. It's like there were so many opportunities to find germs and think about where they might be lurking. But I wasn't afraid to work in the hospital. Isn't that interesting? When I worked in the hospital, I spent a substantial amount of time putting on gloves, taking them off, foaming in and out of rooms, all in the name of reducing germ transmission. But that wasn't me being particular. That's what healthcare workers are expected to do. I did, however, clean off my equipment, like my keyboard, pull socks, and stethoscope between each patient room. I'm not sure how many of my colleagues did the same. And at the end of my shifts, I'd change into clean clothes for the ride home, where I'd then strip down and shower immediately. Needless to say, I've been preparing for today's current events most of my adult life. While many people shirk social distancing guidelines or refuse to wear masks, I still do so when I go grocery shopping or when I go in public in general. And I do wear gloves, when I'm shopping at least, even if people do look at me funny. Now I do that mainly because I don't want to have to use sanitizer when I'm done. Now if you're a person who feels highly inconvenienced by wearing a mask and social distancing, I'm not here to condemn you. I've already grumbled about you enough in private to my family. Three months after the panic of corona came into our lives, I wholeheartedly acknowledge I'm exhausted from constantly cleaning everything. It's such a hassle. But as the woman outside the store said to me, I'd rather be a little inconvenienced to ensure the safety of not only myself or my family, but also that of the general public. There's something within me that says it's worth the time, worth the sacrifice to take a few minutes to just rub your hands together a little bit or cover your face to give yourself a certain peace of mind. That's probably my upbringing coming out. So that's what I'll continue to do. I'll try my best with modesty, of course, 
to take measures to protect my family and even strangers I don't know, no matter who might stare or scoff at me.